Hello, and welcome to the Skeleton Factory Podcast, episode 26. I am Adam coming to you from Austin, Texas, and today will be a short review of the 2020 film X, directed by Ty West. I saw it on opening day. The theater was surprisingly empty. It was myself and, I don't know, a bunch of nervous people who would laugh every time a penis joke was made or there was boobies on the screen. They go, (laughs) shut the fuck up. I'm like, do you giggle? Do you giggle when you watch Pornhub you sit there fondling yourself giggling because you're nervous shut the fuck up and watch the movie anyway (laughs) so mean why are you so mean Adam he's grumpy mean I know I'm sorry Um, so X Directed by Ty West. Starring Jenna Ortega, who you may know from Scream 5. Which I also reviewed in a previous episode. when uh, Whenever that came out. Came out this year, right? Wasn't a big fan of Scream 5. Also starring Mia Goth. Who... Uh, I don't know what's up with her eyebrows... She, like, doesn't have eyebrows. I don't know if that's, like, some sort of genetic uh, abnormality that she has or if she just doesn't have eyebrows. Like, that's her thing. She doesn't have eyebrows. You know, I I mean, if she wants to look like uh, she's in the film Gummo all the time, I mean, that's her prerogative. But uh, you may recognize Mia Goth as uh, Shia LaBeouf's wife. <laughs> uh, also, uh, 2018 Suspiria, a lovely film. In X, she plays two characters, very much so like Tilda Swinton did in uh, Suspiria. She plays the character of Maxine who's our main protagonist, if you want to call her that. And she plays an old lady named Pearl, who, spoilers, spoilers, everybody. You ready for spoilers? Okay, here comes the spoilers. Uh, She plays an old lady named uh, Pearl, and she's the killer in the movie. She's like a... She's like a woman in her late 80s or her late hundreds. I don't know. She's freakishly old and she's the killer in the movie. It kind of reminds me of uh, the movie uh, A Touch of Satan. If If you don't remember A Touch of Satan, you may remember the Mystery Science Theater episode where... Uh, they riff on the movie A Touch of Satan. And uh, the main girl in A Touch of Satan actually kind of looks like Mia Goss character a little bit. A little bit. Not a lot. A little bit. And that movie basically was this really old, comically old woman in tons of old lady makeup playing a, like the killer in the movie. I feel like Ty West ripped off a touch of Satan now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. Uh, I mean, among other things. I mean, some things were homages. Some things were, uh, you know, uh, aesthetically pleasing, by the way. There was a lot of things in the movie that were very decade-specific. Like, it felt like the 70s. The movie takes place in the 70s. And a lot of that stuff is very well done.
But uh, yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, Mia Goth plays two characters in the movie. Um, so we live in a new era of like, of hey, let's let's get a young actor to play an old actor in old makeup, or or let's let's get a skinny actor to play a fat actor. Just get an old actor or a fat person to play those characters. You're 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 robbing those you're robbing those uh, those positions from fat and old or old fat people. <laughs> yeah, there's uh you know Colin Farrell was in, in in the new Batman movie and he's in fat suit makeup. Jared Leto uh was in uh, House of Gucci and he was like in a fat suit. Uh, I have yet to see the new Batman movie, but I've only seen pictures of Colin Farrell, and he's pretty damn unrecognizable. Jared Leto, he just looks like a fat, bald Jared Leto, but his character in the movie is, like, the best character in all of the House of Gucci. Uh, And then, of course, there's uh, Tilda Swinton from uh, 2018's Suspiria that also starred Mia Goth. So there you go. Nice. Circle it right back around. But there's varying levels of results of playing multiple characters. Like Jared Leto, Tilda Swindon, very, very good. Um, But this idea that we're just going to have people play multiple characters. First of all, it's like you can tell it's Mia Goth right off the bat. The second they show that old lady, you're like, that's old lady makeup. And even the guy who plays her husband, who's like... You know, in his fifty late fifties, he's kind of an old dude. He's also one of those guys who just looks like an old dude. I'm sure this guy, when he was twenty five, looked like he was forty five. But they caked him up with some old makeup too, and then they have a fuck scene. <laughs> you know, you don't see a lot of old people fucking in movies. You know, there's um, I don't know, not a lot of that. Not like there used to be. Um. But I fear that this trend will continue. The the trend of people thinking that they can just uh, hey let's get let's get somebody to put on a bunch of makeup and play multiple characters in the same movie. It's like it's like look, it's people who can actually pull that off are very rare. They're very rare actors. You know, you got your Peter Sellers, rest in peace. You um, you have your Eddie Murphy, rest in peace. <laughs> it's like just if you need a fat or old person, just get a fat or old person to play those roles. I'm sure they'd love to get the work. You know. Also, the movie stars Brittany Snow, who you may know from the Pitch Perfect films, and those are films I've I've never seen, nor do I have any interest in seeing. But if you're a fan of the Pitch Perfect movies and you 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 know who Brittany Snow is, you'll you'll she's in this, so maybe uh, that'll uh, maybe you'll want to see it because she's in it. I thought her character was good. She was sort of an insufferable uh, slutty lady. Um, not that there's anything wrong with being a, a slutty lady, but uh, being insufferable is just insufferable. So. Uh, also, the movie stars Kid Cudi, who I know he's a, a musician guy. I have never heard any of his music, so I have no opinion on his music. I I think his character was pretty good. Um, actually, I think all of the characters in the movie were actually they were performed well and they looked good like the whole movie looks good and all the performances were good um it's a more of a story thing that i have a problem with this movie and yeah the writing was lacking which is also a a trend going on where you have good looking movies but stories like complete crap and it's not even like charming enough to excuse the badness of it you know like troll 2 or something where it's like the movie's bad but it's just the right balance of bad where you can actually 
kind of enjoy it for its badness. It's it's like you, it's badness you just dislike. But I'll get to I'll get to all the pros and cons of of this movie. Also starring uh, Martin Henderson, who you may know from uh, the 2002 American version of The Ring. And he was also in 2002's Wind Talkers with Nicolas Cage. So in the trailers before X, there was a uh, there was a trailer for the film The Unbearable Weight of Massive Fucking Talent. Is that what it's called? No, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yeah, starring Nicolas Cage, who's playing himself, and Pedro Pascal, who you may recognize as the Mandalorian. Pedro Pascal's kind of weird looking to me. Like he looks like he's wearing like a rubber nose, like a prosthetic nose. Or he, he, his face looks like a rubber mask. It's weird. He's got this, he's odd looking. I don't, I don't think he's ugly or anything. I just think he's odd looking. And, but you know, and he is a good actor. It's just, every time I see his face, it's jarring. My eyes have to, take it like three seconds to adjust anyways uh (laughs) i've got a lot of room talking about how people look (laughs) also i noticed something in that trailer for the unbearable weight of massive talent i noticed that in the trailers that i've seen now i've seen the trailers in two places i've seen them on instagram and i've seen them like i feel like for couple of months at this point and i've also seen trailers on youtube and something that i've noticed when i was in the theater looking at the trailer something that was omitted from all the sort of social media online advertising but was in the trailer in the theater what was omitted was Neil Patrick Harris. I didn't realize he was in that movie until I went to the theaters and saw the trailer there. Now, I am not a Neil Patrick Harris fan. I I I can't do his his uh dumb face or his dumb voice. I <laughs> I find him annoying and Every time I see his face, it takes me out of whatever I'm watching, to be honest. Is that his fault? No. It's it's his parents' fault for uh for that. <laughs> for for the results of his face, I guess. I mean, uh he's tolerable in Starship Troopers because Starship Troopers is a wonderful, wonderful film. But yeah, he's in He's in the trailer for the unbearable weight of massive talent. Now I wasn't, I didn't, I don't really want to watch the unbearable weight of massive talent, but I, but because it's like Nick Cage is now at a point where he's like at a, where he's currently at a point where Christopher Walken was in the fucking SNL. We need more cowbell thing. That's really annoying. Like by the time Christopher Walken did, that Saturday Night Live with the fucking cowbell and shit. Like, his sort of weirdness, because he talks funny, and, and he's he's a kook, he's a kind of a kooky guy, and it's like now, it's like he's become a character a caricature of himself, which is a disservice to him, and it's a disservice to all of his previous work. Because his previous work was fantastic. Like, Christopher Watkins of very talented actor and now Nicolas Cage is at that point because now we did we had all the big Nicolas Cage movies you know we had all the great Nicolas Cage movies and then he did all the kind of like crappy movies and then now he's at this weird point where he's coming through the forest of bad movies and now he's like maybe once or twice a year he'll do like a really interesting cool movie some type of like interesting indie film that's well written it respects his talent and it's you know stuff like Mandy for instance when Nicolas Cage was in Mandy I was I was very happy with him being casted in that 
I like that movie. What was it? Pig. People really liked Pig. It's like if he has the right environment, you know, and he has the right scripts, like Nicolas Cage will fucking produce, you know, and this idea that people think like Nicolas Cage is like washed up or something is like, there's like an attitude like that out there. Like he's a joke or something, but it's like, he's not a joke. You think Nicolas Cage is a fucking joke? Let me ask you something. Who's your favorite actor? Okay, I, I guarantee whatever douchebag fucking actor who's on some shitty Netflix show is not half the actor that Nicolas Cage is or was. You know, it's wild at heart, raising Arizona, Con Air, The Rock. Okay, it's like, don't act like you're better than Nick Cage because you're not. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, all uh, that was that was the that was the long way of saying that I'm probably not going to watch the massive talent of uh, unbearableness or whatever fuck it's called because I don't like this idea that Nick Cage is a fucking caricature of himself. That that's the thing is like he's an eccentric, kooky fucking guy. And we don't need to, like, put a spotlight on it because every time you do that, it's just sensationalizing and it kind of it kind of dims their star a little bit when they actually try to act. You know, it's like, look at Charlie Sheen. You know, it's like fucking tiger blood and cocaine and all that. It's like, that shit's fun to watch on, like, TMZ, but it's, you know, it's like you want your movie stars to be sort of kind of shrouded in mystery kind of they need to be tucked away where you don't see them you know and the only time you see them is in movies so that they can you don't want to feel like you know actors you don't want to feel like you know them you want to feel like you don't know them otherwise it's like when they they're in a movie you're not even looking at their character you're looking at them and the only exception to that would be like tom cruise because tom cruise is tom cruise at least in the past, I don't know, 20 years or so. He's Tom Cruise in every movie, but it's like you're at, your brain's able to to ignore the fact you're looking at Tom Cruise because he's fucking good, you know? Tom Cruise is almost like Nick, Nicolas Cage in that sense where people just think Tom Cruise is a joke, and it's like, motherfucker, Tom Cruise is not a fucking joke. You're a joke. <laughs> Anyways, that's, yeah, uh, I'm probably not going to see the unbearable weight of him. As a talent, I just not interested. Okay, uh, let's get <laughs> let's get back to the let's get back to this. Okay, so also in the film is uh, Owen Campbell, who was featured in a film that uh, that I covered on Skeleton Factory. He was in the movie "My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To" from 2020. I mean, that's probably the best horror movie of 2020. Maybe. I don't know. Is it? Seems like it. I can't really think of another one off the top of my head. I can't even think of a fucking good movie from 2020, can you? My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To is it's great. It's a nice slow burn, but not too long of a slow burn, and it's it's good. It's good. It's I definitely recommend it. Owen Campbell... You know who I thought he was? I thought he was uh, Lou Taylor Pucci. And, okay, Lou Taylor Pucci, he was, like, if you ever saw that show You, the Netflix show You about the guy who looks like a shrunken down Henry Cavill who's like a stalker. Yeah, he's he's in the first season of You. He's like in the first few episodes he plays the character of Benny he was like like the main character Joe his like he becomes obsessed with this woman and starts stalking her well she this chick is like dating some like douchebag internet fucking app startup guy I don't know who has like an energy drink or some shit <laughs> anyways um yeah the character of Benny, that's Lou Taylor Pucci, you know, the 
he gets locked in that fucking glass box and shit, and then he ends up just getting killed. Uh, he was also in the 2013 remake of The Evil Dead. He's the guy with the kind of long blonde hair, glasses. Um, he's the guy who opens up the Necronomicon and fucking causes the the evil to be to be introduced into the movie. 2013's Evil Dead's great. I watch it every during Halloween time. Good shit, and he's in that. So, but that's who I thought Owen Campbell was in this movie. I got the two of them confused because they look exactly the same. Um, Owen Campbell actually looks like if Lou Taylor Pucci had some sort of like degenerative disease of some kind, some sort of uh, some sort of immune deficiency disease, or was suffering from veganism or something like that. That's that's who I thought it was, but it. It wasn't, so um, that's cool. <laughs> and he was fine in this movie, too. Um, yeah, that's that's the big takeaway. Is All the characters in, in the movie were fine, but the story was boring. Like, it was just very boring. There's a moment in the middle of the film where the film has this meta moment where the whole movie pivots from being like, like, Oh, this is like a seventies, like boogie nights type situation in rural Texas. And, and then all of a sudden it becomes a horror movie. And they say that like in the movie, like, Oh, this isn't a horror movie. And then it becomes a horror movie. And I don't know. People are probably going to say that that's where the movie started to, pivot but it's like no the whole first half of the movie was also a horror movie it was setting up the situation location characters what archetype each character is and that'll kind of give you an idea of like who's gonna get killed in what order you know but i know people are gonna fucking point to that it's gonna be annoying but basically the story is this film crew that's wants to go film a porn and it's 1979. They, they basically Airbnb this farmhouse out in rural Texas, uh, in and around Houston. And that's basically it. They rent out this house and they're going to film a fucking porn and they're, it's a low budget movie and the direct, they, well, the, the, the producer guy, who's played by uh, Martin Henderson, he's he's getting ready to... He, he can see the emerging uh, VHS video market. He can see it about to emerge, and he's like, okay, we're going to make this movie, and we're going to... Instead of, instead of people having to go to theaters to watch porn movies, people will be able to watch it from the privacy of their own home. And he's that's like his whole his whole business plan if you will, but all, which, which is also kind of reminiscent in Boogie Nights. Like that's a whole thing in Boogie Nights where, you know, the sort of the changing of the guard of porn film transitioning into video, like home consumption porn. But yeah, there's this whole, oh my God, it was terrible. So all of you fans out there of Euphoria... I'm not a fan of Euphoria, but my uh, lady and a friend of mine, a friend of theirs, had a Euphoria like final episode party at the house, and um, I think I was I think I was in the studio working on Skeleton Factory, but I walked through the living room uh, and just watched like a couple minutes of it, and there's like. One of the characters like sits down and plays an acoustic guitar and sings a fucking song. It's like, ew. And the song was stupid. But I, I think the guy who's who's doing the song is like a quote unquote musician. And they just let him play an entire fucking song in the final episode. And even everyone in the room who like likes the show was like, what the fuck is this? 
Why are we watching this jerk off play a fucking acoustic song in the middle of the final episode when we're trying to wrap this shit up? It's, so that happens in the movie X. <laughs> fucking Kid Cudi is unconvincingly playing a, an acoustic guitar, and then the character of um, well, Brittany Snow, who's playing the character of Bobby Lynn. They, she's, he starts playing guitar and then she starts singing Stevie Nicks landslide. And I just, it's so douchey and bad. Like, I don't understand why that's in the movie. It's definitely just to like pad the runtime. Like how can we make the movie longer somehow and being, be annoying at the same time? Let's, let's have Let's have our characters perform landslides. <laughs> and I fucking hate that song. <laughs> also, the movie's like... I don't know. I don't want to say the movie's... I don't know. the movie, It has this... Oh, this is what the 70s horror movies were, were like. I mean, it, the the movie itself looks like the 70s. But I don't understand what the movie was trying to say because it looks like it was trying, it looked like it was flirting with trying to say different things, but it just didn't commit to any of those things. It's like, just pick, pick a thing, pick a lane. What is the movie about? Is it about love and not appreciating it in your youth, but appreciating it? in old age for a minute, I thought it was going to be some like body snatcher fucking doctor sleep type of situation because Mia goth is playing the, the old lady in the movie who's like the killer and the old lady and her husband they own the property that this porn film crew is shooting on. So they, there's like a, there's the main house and then there's like a little farmhouse on the property. And it's probably, probably 50 yards away or so. But, uh, but it's clearly the old lady's clearly Mia goth. So I was like, okay, well maybe the old lady is Mia goth in the future. And there's going to be some sort of like, weird time travel element to this or an alternate universe thing going on or maybe the old lady has some sort of powers where she can like sap the youth because this whole thing of like the old uh, the old lady was obsessed with the like youth and young people and young sensuality and it's you know, I thought she was going to like grab me a goth and fucking open her mouth and glowing light was going to come from her eyes and mouth like David Lopan and suck the youth out of her body or take over her body or something like, like in get out or something, you know, something like that. I thought there was going to be like a get out situation where like these old people are feasting on the youth of young people to maintain their like their life their, to stay alive or something. I don't know. It kind of felt like it was tiptoeing around that, but it didn't go that direction at all. Like I said, the movie's very confusing. So the, like the first half of the movie sets everything up and it does a pretty good job of it. It, it establishes who these people are and what they're doing and where they're going and why. So you have your, you have Kid Cudi, who's like the dude with the big dick, who's the fucking, he's like the, 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 the star of the porn movie. It's like, okay, you have Martin Henderson, who plays character of Wayne, and he's like the producer of this porn film. And Mia Goth is his fiance. And she's the character of Maxine, right? So... Martin Henderson's like the executive uh, producer guy. Mia Goth is Maxine. She, he, they're a couple, but 
Wayne doesn't care that Maxine's getting fucked by Kid Cudi on camera because it's a whole, it's business, you know? There's no feelings involved. Oh, oh also, Kid Cudi's name in the movie, his name is Jackson Hole. <laughs> sure, why not? That's his name. Um, But yeah, the, I mean, the first half is great. It sets up everything. Owen Campbell and his girlfriend. Owen Campbell plays the character of RJ. And uh, Jenna, Jenna Ortega plays the character of Lorraine. And they're a couple. But they're like a goody two-shoes couple. Jenna Ortega's wearing crucifix around her neck. you know. And, and at, at one point before she seals the deal and becomes like a total fucking hoe, she, uh, <laughs> she takes it off beforehand. So... You know, you have your, yeah, Brittany Snow is like the dumb, blonde, slutty star actress. Like, she wants to be a star, right? And then Mia Goth's character is like the younger, like, up-and-coming, like, porn star under Brittany Snow. Brittany Snow is, like, a little older. And then Kid Cudi's just there to fuck everyone. And then uh, Owen Campbell and Jenna Ortega, they are the, they're the camera guy. He's basically the director, Owen Campbell. His character, RJ, is the director. And Jenna Ortega is the... She's like the uh, the boom mic operator. <laughs> so, and the two of them are like doing this porn film because they're... they. It's not so much that they want to make porn films. They just want to make film. And this is like they think is um, a necessary evil. It's a stepping stone towards doing real film someday. So that's kind of how they see it. So they're already very uncomfortable with all of these people and having to film all this stuff, but they, they're, I don't know, cautiously excited. You know, they're, they, they're not outwardly excited about doing all this, even though they are. And they believe in monogamy and all this sort of thing. And then halfway through the movie, Jenna Ortega is like, oh, I want to be in the movie too. <laughs> and then Owen Campbell's like, well, you can't. And that whole scene, that's also the middle scene where the fucking Stevie Nicks song is played. And, all that, and it's just like all the characters in this room is before anyone gets fucking killed. And Jenna Ortega is, well, I want to be in the movie too. And then Owen Campbell's like, well, you can't. And she's like, why not? And he's like, well, we're already making a movie. We already like the film is already there's a script it's already planned out you can't just jump into the middle and she's like but I want to so basically this he, what Owen Campbell should have said uh, his character RJ rather should have said like uh, w- you and I are a couple and we're in a monogamous relationship and you can't just go around fucking people on camera like a whore <laughs> that's what he should have said. But he's just like, well, you you can't be in the movie because you can't. And she's like, says who? And he should have said, says me, bitch. That's what he should have said, but he didn't say that. So, uh, <laughs> It's really one of those scenes that should have just written itself. And then it does, the dialogue is just confusing and awkward. But shortly after this, uh, there's like this weird scene where like you don't see... Jenna Ortega do her sex scene. You see like the beginning of it, but you don't actually see the sex scene. It just cuts to Owen Campbell after it's shot, like taking a shower and sobbing, just weeping inside of the shower. And I think they were trying to do some like, Oh, this is the male version of a woman in the shower after being sexually assaulted. Just, curled up in a ball on the floor of the shower crying and sobbing. This is the male version of that. And what that represents is bleh, 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 bleh. it's like, okay. <laughs> the movie it's a movie. And that's the thing is like, I'm sure there's going to be another, like a, some director's cut that's going to come out that might make a little more sense. But this whole movie is just sort of like, trying to constantly say different things at the same time. And none of those things are like said to completion. Like the, like you can kind of tell they're trying to 
convey something and then they just kind of give up on conveying the thing and move on to another thing that they're not going to uh, completely let play out. So there's not much to think about in this movie because you're too busy being confused to actually think about anything. Um, Also, once the kills begin, none of the kills seem believable at all because the killer is a a woman who's of advanced age. She's old as fuck. And the first kill is she stabs the RJ character in the neck with a knife repeatedly until his head is almost severed. And it's this whole thing where she stabs him in front of his van in the middle of the night with the headlights on and like the spray from his neck wounds spray onto the van's headlights and the and it and it covers the headlights with blood so that the the light shining through the headlights is like red now so now the whole scene's bathed in red bathed in blood which when they take kind of like a wide shot of it and you see like where she's stabbing him on the ground in front of the van, you're like, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't think blood would spray like that. That doesn't make any sense. But, uh, (laughs) but also, Oh God. Okay. It's going to get dark. I've seen videos of people being stabbed and typically people don't get stabbed once and then just fall to the ground and die. Stabbings are fucking horrific. People, there's a reason why when you are watching some kind of true crime thing or a movie or show that's researches like forensic type shit, like usually people don't get stabbed once. People get stabbed a bunch of times. And the reason why when you they find a body and it's stabbed like a hundred times is because the person getting stabbed probably didn't even die until stab wound 99. Like typically when people get stabbed, it's like it becomes this combative situation where they're trying to fend off the attacker and they end up getting stabbed a shitload of times before they actually succumb to their wounds like this idea that he gets stabbed once he falls to the ground and then the old lady like crawls on top of him and just stabs him and it's it's like no like you're too old you know it works in friday the 13th the original friday the 13th where jason Voorhees' mom is killing people because uh, Pamela Voorhees was not, you know, 90 years old. She was probably in her early 50s, maybe. You know, so like a woman who's in decent shape in her early 50s could probably fuck you up if she had the element of surprise, if she had a uh, a deadly enough weapon. But a woman who's really, really, really fucking old uh no no it's it's like they're not they don't move that fast they just don't and then the second kill i'm just going to talk about the kills right now uh <laughs> oh also hold on let me go back real quick um so after lorraine the uh, Jenna Ortega character, the like goody two shoes, crucifix wearing boom mic operator decides to be in the porn film. And after she gets dicked down and everything, um, the character of RJ just can't deal with it. He's pissed off. He's angry. He's, he's jealous. He's doesn't like uh, that. His lady is like, I want to be in porn now. It's like this is, which is understandable, you know. But uh, he's after he gets done having his crying shower, he gets dressed and is like, "Fuck this! I'm leaving. I'm leaving these fucking people here, and I'm taking the van." 
and I'm going home. So it's the middle of the night. Everyone's asleep. He jumps in the van. He's like, fuck this. And he, and he leaves. And when he gets in the van, before he, like, started up the van, in my head I was like, I bet anything Blue Oyster Cults Don't Fear, fear the Reapers about to play. And the second he turns on the van, Don't Fear the Reapers fucking playing. And I just wanted to scream in the fucking theater. Like, I, I, I knew it. I fucking knew that goddamn song was going to fucking play. It's so corny. It's... Uh, you have to be a... You have to be very attuned with music to really put well-known music in your fucking movies. You know what I mean? When it's done really well, you the results would be something like a Quentin Tarantino film or a Rob Zombie film. Because Rob Zombie and Quentin Tarantino are obsessed with music. They understand music. They understand how it affects a scene. But when it's done poorly, you have something like Suicide Squad or or X. <laughs> it's like, why did Don't Fear the Reaper have to be on the radio? But anyway, uh, that's... Wanted to point that out because, you know, not to say that all the movie, uh, all the music in movie was bad. Like some of the kind of horror creepy music was a little too much. It was like that creepy music that's telling you something creepy is about to happen. Get ready. Um, you know, that's sort of like string instruments, like, like, you, like they literally have to like build the tension through string instruments because you can't figure out that the tension is being built by looking at the screen. So some of that was kind of dumb. And also they they almost tried to have their own like Jason Voorhees, Harry Manfredini type music. Everyone knows the Harry Manfredini music from Harry Manfredini's his music for the Friday the 13th movies was perfect. It's like John Williams music for Star Wars. It's like the to the the their music and the movie are connected. They're stuck together and they're they're inseparable. And Harry Manfredini, he's the one who invented the <sighs> He invented that. Pretty fucking genius. They try to do something like that in this movie, and it sounds kind of like a woman going like, and it was just like, mm. so you get what you're doing. I just don't find it ominous or anything. But every time a kill was about to happen, that that music started playing. The ooh, ooh, oh, 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 music started playing. Anyway, uh, the next kill was uh, the producer dude Wayne, played by Martin Henderson. He gets like there's like a scene where uh, what was it? Fucking! It's after RJ leaves and he gets stabbed in the neck, and Jenna Ortega, the Lorraine character, like wakes up, realizes he's gone, and then uh, Martin Henderson, like fake jump scares her, and is like, "What are you doing up right now?" She's like, "Oh my god, RJ took the fucking van. He's gone, and we, you need to help me go look for him." And he's like all right so they go looking for him he goes into a barn and there's a scene where he steps on a nail and it's really gross and then he sees through the barn like the walls of the barn he sees like something moving outside so he like sticks his eye up against one of the like knot holes in the fucking wall of the barn and I was like, oh, my God, he's going to get stabbed in the eye. 
and then he gets stabbed in the eye, and it's very, uh, it's very Lucio Fulci stab the eye type of scene, and I, I don't understand what they he, he got stabbed. I think they were trying to suggest he got stabbed with a pitchfork. Like somehow there was conveniently three holes that lined up perfectly with a pitchfork and he got stabbed in the eye and this kills him. The way that whole like getting stabbed in the eye thing was like edited was really weird and choppy and wasn't really scary actually. If you can believe that. Every time someone gets their fucking eye popped out it's usually pretty unnerving. Like Halloween Kills, and I don't even like Halloween Kills, but there's a scene where Michael Myers fucking gouges out some guy's eyes with his thumbs, and it's fucking horrifying. (laughs) It looks pretty good. It's super scary, but uh, in this movie, I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe they made a homage to Lucio Fulci and had a fucking eye gouging scene, and it just wasn't. Like, I I had, like, no emotional response to it. I was just like, okay. I knew the guy was going to get stabbed in the eye, and then he got stabbed in the eye, and it, I was I was, was like, okay. Like, I just felt nothing. Uh, What was it? Kid Cudi, the character of Jackson Hole. <laughs> he, he ends up getting fucking killed by the old lady's husband, and he ends up getting shot in the chest with, like, a shotgun. But not shot in the chest with a shotgun from like 20 yards or 10 feet. It was like point blank. And it wasn't like he was caught by surprise. Like the old man just stepped out from behind a tree and then bam, shot him in the chest point blank. Like they were already standing there having a conversation. And Kid Cudi is supposed to be like an ex-Marine and he's like young dude. And... When the old man raises this long, long as fuck double barrel shotgun up to his chest, like he has no reaction to it. Like an old dude trying to raise up a a gun on you. Like, first of all, if someone was just holding a rifle, you would be, and you were talking to them and you were standing very close to them, you would, you would constantly be aware of where the barrel of that fucking where that fucking shotgun was or whatever kind of gun it was. If it was, if a gun was in someone's hand and you were talking to them, picture this picture. You're in a very tight quarters area. You're in an elevator. Imagine you're in an elevator with another person and the other person has a gun in their hand. It's not holstered. It's in their hand and you're talking to them in your mind. Regardless if you perceive the person as a threat or not, you're just your mind is just kind of focused on the gun and where it is. So the and this and Kid Cuddy's supposed to be like an ex Marine badass. Like the second that old man raised that rifle towards him, he should have reacted. Like I just don't understand how he just didn't react at all. He's already creeped out by the old guy. It's not like he like thinks like they're, they're not buddies. <laughs> like he's already kind of like thinks the old guy's kind of sketchy and shit. So like I don't know, but that's how Kid Cudi dies. He gets shot in the fucking chest, and then he just you know I think they just threw him in a swamp for the gators to eat. And speaking of gators. Brittany Snow as uh, Bobby Lynn. Bobby Lynn finds the old lady like naked standing on the end of this pier because there's like this little lake, this like swampy ass lake near the uh, near the farmhouse, and it's dark and shit. And then the old lady's just naked standing at the end of the pier. Very, it's like a boat dock. It's not a pier. It's like a dock, and it's you know she's like, oh, what the fuck? She's like, hey, lady. Get away from the edge of the fucking dock. Like, it's dangerous. She's like, what are you doing out here in the middle of the night naked? And um, the old lady's like, fuck you, whore. (laughs) Fuck you, hot young whore. 
you have your you have your whole life to not be a fucking whore, but that's what you decided to do. So fuck you. That's basically what the old lady says. And then Brittany Snow uh, is like, like bitch, don't tell me how to live my fucking life. Like don't don't be projecting on me, you old bitch. Basically, she's that's what she snaps back with, and she has a point. <laughs> I see both sides of their argument, you know. Um, and then Bobby Lynn's like, you know what, bitch? I came out here to help you. And um, if you're going to be a bitch, I'm just going to fucking, I'm just going to go back to bed. So I don't need this shit. Fuck you. And then the old lady pushes her, pushes Bobby Lynn into the fucking, into the lake. Like hard too. Pushes the fuck out of her, like, and she gets pushed into the fucking lake, and then immediately gets eaten by a fucking alligator. I don't know if you've ever been pushed by a woman in her fucking late eighties, early nineties. Imagine Nancy Pelosi trying to fucking push you like a drunk guy at a fucking bar, like push you. Imagine. First of all, how slowly that push would be coming. Like, as soon as she raised her hands up, you'd be like, she's about to do something with her hands. And the second she pushed you, it's like, it's like she would just bounce off you. It's like, it's like getting pushed by a old as fuck woman is not going to send you flying through the air and into a fucking alligator-infested lake in the middle of the night. But that's how Bobby Lynn ended up dying. So, <laughs> and then uh, and then later, once, you know, once uh, shit is in full fucking horror movie mode, Scream 5 girl, uh, Lorraine, played by Jenna Ortega, she's, uh, she goes to escape from the house because she ends up getting fucking trapped in the basement. And then um, Bobby Lynn ends up rescuing her. But when she tries to run out of the house, she immediately gets shot. She's like by the old guy with the shotgun. But it doesn't like kill her. Like they drag her body inside and her fucking face is all half blown off. And you think she's dead. And then she starts, she's, she gasps. She's like, huh? 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 <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, she's not, she's not dead yet. And, okay, I know I'm kind of fast-forwarding through all this, but fucking bear with me, all right? So, so they fucking kill uh, Jenna Ortega, and then the old man and the old woman are like, all right, let's drag her body inside. And then, um, you, like, you can hear them talking. They're like, okay, there's a bunch of Now there's a bunch of dead people all over our property. We need to fucking get rid of these bodies. We'll go throw them in the fucking lake later. Um, but let's get this one in the house now. And they drag her inside. General Ortega wakes back up and it startles the old man. And then the old man has a fucking heart attack and dies. So, okay, let me get this straight. And this is okay. First of all, they set up in the movie, like the old woman, Pearl played by Mia God. Like she's like old, but so wants to fuck. And she's like, there's a few times where she's like, like, I want to fuck. And her husband's like, oh, honey. Oh, his name is Howard, by the way. The old guy's name is Howard. She's like, Howard, I want to fuck. And he's like, oh, come on, Pearl. You know I'm too fucking old to fuck. The doctor says my heart can't take it and all this shit. So she's an old, sexually frustrated woman. And then, and they end up fucking in the movie. There's an old person fuck scene. And apparently Howard's heart could hold up to it. So between that, uh, murdering somebody with a shotgun, like that doesn't induce a heart attack, but a jump scare like is enough to fucking give him a heart attack and kill him. Imagine watching a horror movie and the killers in the movie are already starting to stack up a body count and then one of the victims who you think is dead, like gasps for air, like just kind of jump scares you. 
and then the killer has a heart attack. You're like, okay, that's anticlimactic, I think. So Howard ends up having a heart attack and dying, like right there. And then the old lady picks up Howard's shotgun and tries to shoot Mia Goth. But then the force of the shotgun blows her back. So she's basically standing in the like foyer of her fucking house. So she's right by the front door. The She tries to shoot Mia Goth and the force of the shotgun blows her through the door, through the screen door and out onto the porch. And the force of her being launched through the air like breaks her hip. So she can't get up. She has fallen and can't get up. If only she had life alert. So Mia Goth gets the keys to the old man's truck. And um, this is her chance to escape because everyone else is fucking dead. This is her chance to escape. And (laughs) the old lady's like, Still talking shit as she's walking away. Like, like she's like, you'll always be a whore, you fucking whore. <laughs> and me and God's like, all right, cool. And then jumps in the fucking truck and then runs the old lady's head over. And her head explodes. And then uh, she drives off into the night and does cocaine. Because Mia Goth is basically doing cocaine the whole movie. And then, um, and then the movie ends. <laughs> that's the end of the fucking movie and uh, I will say there, I and at the end of the movie there's a scene where uh, the cops show up a sheriff shows up and they got bodies everywhere there's bodies all over this fucking property police are trying to figure out what the hell happened and then one of the deputies brings out, uh, they, he finds the camera that they were using to shoot the porn film. He's like, hey, Sheriff, I found this. And they're like, what do you think is on it? Obviously, Mia Goth's character is going to be on the camera. So everyone else in the film is accounted for. You know, possible ex- exception would be the RJ character. He wasn't in the film. He was the camera guy. But everyone else, um, almost everyone else, was actually on camera. So all the bodies can be accounted for, except for me at Goths. And she's in the movie, so I don't think it'll take too much investigating to find out that uh, she was there, I guess. But that whole, like, hey, Sheriff, we found a camera. What do you think is on it scene? Like, that's in the trailer. It like it, it's It's like we already knew that scene was coming. It's like, oh, I remember that from the trailer. It's not even, it's not necessarily like a spoiler thing, but it's like, it definitely sets up that a bunch of people got killed and there's, I don't know, I don't know if the trailer was trying to suggest that maybe like some of the murders took place on camera, like trying to give it a snuff filmy type of hint, like trying to hinting at maybe there's a snuff film or something, I don't know. But yeah, that was, uh, that was X. (laughs) That was X. I will say, uh, in general, I don't recommend this film. I didn't think it was, in terms of like a straight up horror film, I don't. I didn't find it to be that interesting. I found the story to be incredibly lacking. Uh, there was no commitment to what the story was supposed to be. I don't know, and I and I found myself kind of bored. I was like sitting there with a big bowl of popcorn. There was a few moments in the movie where I just sat there just like staring at the popcorn and eating it and not even looking at the screen because I was bored. Um, Positives, though, I don't want to be a total Debbie Downer. The first half of the movie where they're setting everything up, I thought was great. The music was great. The way everything shot looked really good. But we're at a point now in history where like you don't get fucking brownie points for because your movie looks good all movies look good there's no reason for your movie to not look good if you have an iphone 13 you could probably make a decent film <laughs> so it's like the whole movie looks good I, I i liked the cast the cast was fine 
but the words that they were given to say in character were not good. And the motivation of the killers was like, I didn't get it. I don't understand the old lady Pearl character wanting to murder everyone. I don't understand the whole relationship between her husband Howard and I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand like, like a kid. Okay. Here's the thing about horror movies. A killer need, there needs to be rules. The character, the, the killer, the slasher, the monster, there are rules that the, that they follow in these rules is how the usually surviving girl figures out how to fucking hack the rules in order to kill the monster. That's how it works. So when someone's just old as fuck, it's like, and they're not like technically proficient in making traps or I don't know, <laughs> like, like they're just an old person. It's just like, well, how hard is that to fucking defeat an old person? It's not like Michael Myers. Michael Myers is old as fuck in the new Halloween movies, but he's supernatural. He's strong as fuck. He can withstand being shot a whole bunch of times. Like he's a zombie, essentially. He's like Jason Voorhees. He's and well, one good line of dialogue from Halloween Kills is like Jimmy Lee Curtis has this whole thing where she's like, "Well, the more he kills, the more he transcends into something else." Like his he levels up in his level of evil. The more he kills, he becomes more indestructible. And it's like, okay, I could follow that. So, but just to be like, oh, these old people are just killing everyone. It's like, okay, but why? You know, it's not like in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the cook is like, his whole thing is he's like a cannibal and likes grinding up people for chili. And, you know, like, or Motel Hell or something. You know, it's like, you know, elderly murderers. Like they, they have a purpose of why they're doing what they're doing. And there's, I just, the purpose of this was like, like the old lady just doesn't like that they're young. So she wants to kill them. It's like, okay, it wasn't enough for me. I thought the cast was good. I thought the acting was fine. It was just like the story was just kind of a slog to get through. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 95%. IMDb has it at 7.6 out of 10. And Metacritic has it at 78%. I don't agree. <laughs> and 82% of Google users liked this film. So, um, sorry everybody. I have to be the contrarian that thinks that this movie is uh, mostly... It's, it's not even mediocre. Like It's got really good stuff in it. It's just a letdown. It's not like it's, you know, it's, it had so much stuff going for it and it had so many possibilities story-wise, but it's like, again, I'm going to use fucking Halloween Kills as an example. It's like, you have everything going for you. You have big budgets, you have talented directors and actors, and you have the story itself has a, a good enough framework to build off of, to build some type of mythology, but it just doesn't do it. It just completely, the movie just peters out towards the end. And then like there, it's like the movie's hoping that if they show enough gore that you'll just accept that as a story. And it's like, sorry, gore is not a story. It's a good component in a horror movie to have some gory scenes but it's that's not the story. It's like it's, there's, there needs to be a little bit more than that. You know, if you just want to see gore for no fucking reason, watch uh, Guinea Pig, A Flower of Flesh and Blood. Go watch uh, The Burning Moon. <laughs> if you just want to see, like, gore and no stories, watch one of those movies. But it's like this movie is, like, hinting at the, It's like you set up all these characters, but they don't do anything except die. It's like, okay. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with a Friday the 13th part five situation where you just like set up a character that you see on screen for like two minutes and then you immediately murder them. Like they're just, they're just fucking, they're just <clears throat> dry firewood for the fucking 
the killer to burn through, and that's fine. But the killer needs to have some sort of like backstory, some type of motivation where you're like, okay, the killer has a motivation, and then the final girl falls within the borders of the killer's motivation. And if they, she doesn't figure out how to stop the killer, she's going to end up getting killed. And this movie's just, no, there's, <laughs> there's just, there's just too many things where I'm just like, well, why is this happening? Why don't they just do that? Like why? Uh, yeah. It's, it's annoying. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I really wanted to like this movie. Again, I really, like, I was excited about going to see this, and it, I was let down. So, but if you like it, good for you. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't hate you because you like the movie X. Like, I, I understand why somebody would find this movie visually very interesting, or they like the, the, the actors in the film. Like, maybe that's what, maybe you're a Kid Cudi fan. Maybe you're a Mia Goth fan and, you know, you're like, oh, they're doing a new movie. I want to see it. Like, great. But being a, you know, someone who's into horror movies, like, this just wasn't enough for me. So that's that. Okay. That's all I wanted to talk about. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, if you want to see X, it's in theaters. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Other than that, I'll catch you all in the next episode. Uh, episode 27 will be out really soon. If you need to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me on Instagram at skeleton underscore factory. Until next time, this is Adam rescuing your movie night one movie at a time. Catch you all in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.